Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But that crazy for me. I feel like, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogue and Johns with you as we are already into week 10. Three and six bears with a winnable opportunity. Johnsy, they're they're favored this week. We're not used to that. First time, long time. No. I think they were favored against Washington. Time. They were favored against Washington. Yeah. Not by much though. No, I think it was like one and a half or something. Yes, yes. Oh, I think we had it as a pickup. Maybe by the end of it. I think it opened as them being favored, though. Regardless, this doesn't happen much. Probably the Texans, too. So probably the third time this season the Bears have been favored going into game day. They are three-point favorite against the Detroit Lions, as we the say Lions on this podcast. The Lions. No, we don't say that. We say the Lions are the Lions. We don't go Detroit Lions. No, that's what I was about to say. The Lions are the Lions. You, Lions you actually Lions. finished my sentence there. But well, then you, a, but then you ruined it. That is synergy. Well, it was until you ruined it. <laughs> Fine, whatever. Uh, Johns and I are kind of grumpy at each other this week. There's a lot on the line. Okay, if we're if we're just being honest, our alma maters are playing in the quarterfinals, the IHSA state playoff six A. And uh, I don't like him right now. So that's that's no, basically no, yeah. no, not at all. You could take your. Wolfpack triple option and keep it. I actually agree with you on that one. That's not my. <laughs> <laughs> they not... run it well, though. They do. It's pain in the ass to stop when you. More... If you're. Yes, it's the St. Ignatius Wolfpack versus Notre Dame Don 6 8 quarterfinals. And Adam Hogue's team runs the triple option quite well. All right. First of all, it's not my team. You, I you coach at Carmel Catholic. All right. Let that be very clear. And, um, you know, I but I still do obviously pay attention to what my alma mater's doing. Again, I say this before. They didn't have a football team when I was there. That's so true. this is just like weird to me that now I drive down Roosevelt past the school at St. Ignatius and there's a football field like a they they built the stadium. It's not really a stadium, it's the track and everything was still there. But they put in the turf when I was a senior. They started the program when I was a senior, but it was for freshmen only. They built it up. Um now it's it's pretty pretty incredible what they're what they're doing there um but like the facilities and all this stuff john's when i was there man those are those were legitimately high rises like projects um and 
now it's just like this massive athletic thing. Their basketball team's amazing. So Notre Dame wasn't really a rivalry though for us when I was there. We weren't in the same conference. No, no. Well, that's when they joined the two Catholic school divisions into into one. Yeah. That's why you have St. Ignatius and Notre Dame. Well, they still haven't played each other. They played in the in the quarterfinals. I want to say like five years ago, five or six years ago, Notre Dame won like 14 to seven, but that was at Notre Dame. This one is at Ignatius. Wait, behind your school. I thought last year was Ignatius' first playoff win. No, no, and they've like, won some. No, they're, they beat Mount Carmel for the first time, like ever. That was the big one. Yeah, I still thought there was something last year, though, with the, when they won their playoff game. But I'll trust you on that one. You you probably definitely know more than me. But uh, shout out to Matt Miller, the head coach at Ignatius, doing a great job. And um, should be a fun game Saturday. If I was in town, I would go with you. Are you going? I am, I am going. It's going to be cold, but I'm going. Have you been to a game there? I've been to weddings there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the same. A wedding venue, too. Same. I was in a wedding there. Um, it's so weird when they're they're holding wedding receptions in your cafeteria. Yeah, well, it's but a nice cafeteria. It's a nice cafeteria. Um, this it's a cool venue though for football because like the, the Sears Tower is like right there, and it's a cool it's a cool setting. So you'll enjoy it. Until you want to make the, your picks later or until later? the final score. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. What, what yeah, are we'll do that. We'll do that later. later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about Justin Fields NFC? Offensive player of the week. You know, that feels like a moral victory. I'm not into moral victories, but when you lose a game 35 to 32 and your player gets the NFC player of the week, like that's a moral victory. That makes you feel good about what he's doing, what your offense is doing. Demeaning yeah. Alyssa Ward. <laughs> I was going to say, um, do you remember who the last NFC offensive player of the week was for the Bears? Oh, no. well, Mitch Trubisky. No, don't care. It's it was 18. Yeah. Which was it the Buccaneers game? I don't think so. I think it was in December of 2018. He didn't get it for six touchdowns against the Buccaneers. Well, he may have, but that would have been before. That may have been before. Well, because that was earlier in the season. I think he won it in December. Oh, like the last. Okay. I know what you're uh, saying. Timeline here. I don't know which game it would have been, though. Maybe the Packer win? I don't know. Maybe I read that wrong. But regardless, uh, Justin Fields is your NFC Offensive Player of the Week, and I feel like it might not be the last time. Maybe this season it is, but going forward, I think... Uh, Maybe this week with this matchup. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um, should we jump into it? That's what Let's we're go. here for. Bears and Lions. Um, the Lions aren't... It, they're an interesting. They're more interesting than they usually are. You know, Hard Knocks was entertaining. Dan Campbell's entertaining. I just don't know how good they really are. And their defense is just as bad as the Bears' defense. Although DVOA actually thinks the Lions' defense is better. We'll find out. <laughs> I don't... The Bears' defense, to me, it shouldn't be this bad. But uh, I, I'm... I'm Big question I have is actually how good this Lions offense is. So we have questions, and Colton Pouncey has answers. He covers the Lions for the Athletic, and we'll bring him in now. All right, let's bring in Colton Pouncey. You can follow him on Twitter at 
Colton underscore Pouncey covers the Lions. Of, used to cover Michigan State. Uh, Chicago guy, too. Aurora guy. You know, he's yeah. he's in the vicinity. He's the homecoming for him as he comes back for this uh, Lions-Bears game. What's going on, Colton? Nothing much, man. Got a couple more days here. Uh, excited to see some friends and family when I get home for this game. And uh, first time at Soldier Field actually covering a game, so that'll be actually pretty cool for me. What's it like for a, a Chicago guy to... <laughs> Cover the, the, the first, of all, first of all, don't get too excited about covering a game at Soldier Field. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Come on, it's the first things. one. Yeah. Yeah, the, the press yeah. box that you're currently in in Detroit is much better. So is the yes. the food. But okay. um, covering all things Lions, uh, I'm curious, what is that like as a as, as a Chicago kid? Like, what what's that like? Yeah, honestly, I mean, I, I put my fandom aside like years ago, so it's not that hard. Um, Honestly, the tough part is dealing with Lions fans because they're 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 passionate base, but they're not used to winning. And so when they do get a win, sometimes there's a little bit of overreaction. Sometimes there's a lot of pessimism and kind of just like they're kind of jaded sometimes, which is understandable. But uh, it's been fun covering this team. I'm they're, they're a young team in the NFL. Um, they're still a couple years into the rebuild, so you know you, I think you can see a light at the end of the tunnel for this franchise, and the fans kind of see that too. But in the meantime, it's kind of a struggle some some weeks here and there, but uh, overall, it's been good for me, I think. What's the it like covering Dan Campbell? And uh, yeah, is, is he is he getting enough of a leash this year? Because I feel like the overall record's still been a little bit disappointing compared to I think the step a lot of people are like. Like, is he still going to get that patience that he should probably get still in a second year? I think he will. Um, the owner, uh, Sheila Fordhamp, uh, came out a few weeks ago and just kind of vouched for him and, and GM Brad Holmes and said, look, when we started this thing, this was a complete teardown after Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. Uh, we knew it was going to be a long rebuild. Um, you know, Dan Campbell got a six-year contract when he was hired. I think Brad Holmes was a five-year contract. So they kind of knew going into this, this would take some time to kind of flip the roster. Um, the roster is already vastly different than it was even a couple of years ago. So they're getting some of their own guys in here, but there's still just not enough talent. Um, I think they realize, you know, we got to build for the draft. We've only had, you know, two drafts here uh, with Brad Holmes in place. And a lot of those guys are still young, um, still kind of finding their way in this league. So they knew going into it, it, was, it would take some time. Um, I think probably the frustrating part for fans is that they've lost some close games. Um, you know, they're leading that Vikings game in September. Uh, I think until the final minute and then they kind of collapsed and lost 20-24. Um, against the Seahawks, which the Seahawks ended up being a pretty good, pretty decent team this year. Um, they gave up 48 points and they scored 45. And most weeks you expect to win when you put up 45. So that was another disappointing one. So they've had some games here where, you know, they've lost, they've been right in it, but they haven't been able to kind of finish and come through at the end. That's why I think this, this recent game over the Packers, the, the win there last Sunday, that was a step in the right direction. You know, they picked off Aaron Rodgers three times. A lot of people were happy about that win just because they don't like the Packers. Um, but I also thought it was nice to win one of those close games for Dan Campbell. And, you know, honestly, the schedule here going forward, they've got some winnable games. Um, it was a little bit more tougher in the beginning, the first half. But I think the second half kind of allows um, and kind of sets up for some wins here down the stretch. So if he gets a few few more here, I think he's in good shape. I think they would have to go like one in 16 for, <laughs> or I guess, two and two and uh, 15 right now for them to kind of really lose his job or be on the hot seat there. But I think they also realize, like, you know, we're going to give him some more time to kind of see what he can do here. Take us through that win over the Packers because we were following it in the press box at Soldier Field because Aaron Rodgers was getting intercepted in the red zone, which is unheard of. No, it does not happen. Aiden Hutchinson (laughs) got one of them. Like, how did the the Lions do it? 
Yeah, so the first one was kind of a – I don't want to call it a fluke, but it was kind of a fluke. It bounced off of um, Derek Barnes' linebacker's helmet, uh, kind of popped up in the air, perfectly landed in Kirby Joseph, uh, his arms. Like the, He's their third-round rookie safety. He's had a really good season so far. He kind of stepped in for Tracy Walker, who went down with a torn Achilles in September. So he's kind of stepped in. He, had, he actually picked off Rodgers twice in this game, another one kind of deep over the middle. Um, really, really, you know, exciting player. He went to Illinois, so, you know, he's a – Illinois guy from from that school, and he's got some really good ball skills, former wide receiver in college for a little bit there. Um, so they like him a lot. He picked off Rodgers twice. In the red zone, I think the second red zone interception was Hutchinson when he kind of – they tried to pass it to, like, their left tackle, and uh, Hutchinson read the whole way, <laughs> dropped back into coverage. Yeah, I, it was really It strange, was underthrown, but, yeah. like, Bakhtiari looked confused. <laughs> yeah, so on Packers. So, like, <laughs> yeah. We, we've Hutchinson covered so many Packers games, yeah. Wild. Yeah. I don't know, man. Rodgers does not look like the same player. He looks a little broken here. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's why I want to ask you since you were at the game, because I think a lot of people, uh, as much as people in Chicago are celebrating Justin Fields right now, they're also celebrating the demise of the Green Bay Packers at the <laughs> same time. And, yeah. you know, I, it, it seemed like they still were able to move the ball and put up yards, and but they just kept turning the ball over in the, uh, the, the red zone. So that's why I want to ask you, did it look like it was just like a few bad plays that it's stalled out some good drives or, or does Rogers really look like he's, he's declining. I mean, I saw some pretty, pretty poor throws from him. Um, like two of his interceptions or one of the interceptions was underthrown the one to Hutchinson. He also had a play that was kind of tipped by Kirby Joseph, like one handed falling backwards. If Rogers leads that a little bit more, that's a touchdown and they might end up winning that game. Um, so I saw a lot of underthrown balls from him. It looked like he was just kind of going through the motions. The body language wasn't good. He's kind of like getting into it with his teammates out there. Um, and they're three and six. So I think that kind of says it all. Like things are not going well for them right now. Rodgers doesn't really look like he's present. He looks like he was kind of checked out to me. Um, you know, part of that was they lost some guys in that game. Uh, they had a lot of injuries. But at the same time, like that does not look like a good team. And I don't know how much longer he's going to be there, man. Like it's I, I think you can start to say that might be the, the the beginning of the end for him, especially with what's gone over what's gone on over there the last couple of years. That's something. That's something. That's I, I feel like uh, <laughs> you made a lot of happy podcast listeners with with, with that. <laughs> um, the Lions don't have a good defense, but they shut down the the Packers, uh, obviously. Yeah. But you mentioned the Seahawks game; they're thirty second in yards, I believe, thirty second in points. How do you like their matchup or what they could do against a quarterback who is very different than Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields? Yeah, I mean, what Fields brings to the table with his legs, I think that should probably scare the Lions because they haven't had a lot of success against mobile rushing quarterbacks. I remember uh, the preseason game, they played the, the Falcons with Mariota and Desmond Ritter, and they gave up, I think, 80 rushing yards. And like a lot of it came on third down where you had everything set in front of you, but you just couldn't get off the field. And I think we all said then, like, they're going to have some issues with Jalen Hurts in week one. And that kind of played out the way we thought it would. Um, he kind of gashed them on third down. Even when everything looked like it was bottled up, good coverage downfield, he can just kind of escape and make something happen with his legs. Um, Dan Campbell said after the game that, you know, it's one of those things where you just have to kind of get out there and experience a, a, a rushing and mobile quarterback. Um, for a lot of these young guys like Aiden Hutchinson, Malcolm Rodriguez, or linebacker, haven't really experienced that at the NFL level. Um, so he said then that we'll be you know ready for it next time we face a guy like that. And I think the, next, the, the you know the closest thing that they're going to see to Jalen Hurts is Justin Fields. And you know I'm not really sure that that's you know improved a lot in the last you know however many weeks. Like I think that's still going to be an issue for them. And 
the fact that he had 178 rushing yards, like I was in the press box watching that in the Lions game, um, like sitting next to Nick Baumgartner, and I was like, yeah, he's going to gash him next week. <laughs> so uh, I, I really don't know if they're going to have an answer for his legs. It seems like they're kind of using him on some more design runs versus just yeah. letting him scramble, which is good because you got to you know make the most of his legs there. But um, honestly, like I think that could be a tough matchup for the Lions. Just the, the threat that he has, even if you have things bottled up, even if you like your coverage on the outside, he can just erase everything you've done on the field. So that'll be a tough one. I think what we're trying to figure out is, you know, the state of the hey Bears. Now. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, the <laughs> sort of the state of the Lions' offense because they got off to, I mean, they were putting up some huge points, forty-point games early on in the season. Um, at least from afar, it looks like they've slowed down a little bit. Is that accurate? Um, and and what do you attribute that to? Yeah, I think when the Lions offense was all healthy and together, um, you kind of saw it coming together. Even in, in training camp, they look good. Part of us, part you know, part of the conversation for us is are they actually a good offense or are they just playing against a really bad defense in training camp? Like we didn't really know going into the season, but they kind of proved it the first couple of weeks there. And then things fell apart because of injuries. You know, DeAndre Swift missed three games. Um, he returned, but he now he's kind of on a pitch count and you know, they're kind of working him back in. I think he only had like six touches in the last game, something like that. Um, DJ Chark, one of the wide receivers they signed this offseason, he's been on IR. He's kind of like the vertical threat on this team. He hasn't been around. Obviously, they traded TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. And now Josh Reynolds, I think he's dealing with a back injury. You know, he missed the last game. We'll see about, you know, his status this week. I'm not really sure he's going to give it a go, but that's something we'll have to monitor in practice this week. But really, it's just Amara St. Brown and, uh, you know, not a ton of not a ton of weapons there offensively for Jared Goff. And, you know, Goff is a quarterback that I think when everything is around him, he can be a pretty decent player. Um, but again, you need so much to happen, right? He needs his full allotment of talent, and he hasn't really had that. And so I think that's kind of led to some issues offensively too. But, um, you know, we'll see. If Josh Reynolds gets back and you have Armand Ross and Brown, they're kind of using their tight ends a little bit more too. Um, they have a rookie guy, James Mitchell, that they like a lot. So if they can get some of those guys involved and they have a little bit more talent, maybe Swift gets some more touches this week and is a little bit more removed from those injuries. I think they can get a little bit closer to how they're playing at the beginning of the season, but they've definitely tailed off since then. One of the storylines here, you mentioned the Hawkinson trade, um, is, well, they traded Roquan Smith and they traded Robert Quinn. And that's that, that was felt emotionally in the Bears' locker room. It's It sends a weird message for, I think we all know the Bears are rebuilding, but players want to win now. That's all they care about is this week's matchup, this week's opponent. How was the Hawkinson trade? handled uh, in the Lions locker room because here's a young, talented tight end, first-round pick, right? Traded yep. within the division to the Vikings. Yeah, I was curious to see how that would go down. And, you know, I think Jared Goff was kind of upset. You know, those two were pretty close, and that's a guy that he trusts out on the field. And especially with all the injuries at wide receiver they've had this year, like Hawkinson was like the one constant in that offense. And so when you take him away in a year that's already filled with pressure for Jared Goff with all these – you know, questions about drafting a quarterback, things like that. I think he was a little understandably frustrated when we talked to him. Um, but other than him, like, you, you go around the locker room and guys are like, look, we understand it's a business. Like, Brad Holmes came out and said it after the trade. We're still in the build phase. We're a year and a half into this rebuild. Um, you know, I think they understood that Hawkinson's a good player, not one that this regime drafted. Um, so I think when you're trying to talk about keeping him long term, you have to understand, um, I think they didn't, you know, his run blocking is average at best, um, maybe a little bit below average. Um, and, he, you know, he can kind of disappear in games at times. So if you're going to pay a tight end big money, which is what he's going to command in an open market, 
you have to make sure that he's one of those guys. And I, I think he's a step below, you know, the Kelsey's, um, you know, the Kittles of the world. And so I don't think they're in a position right now just where they're rebuilding to kind of pay a tight end like that. That's kind of a luxury for them right now. So they were able to get some picks. It was more of a pick swap. They moved up a little bit there. Um, so I think it was a good trade for both teams. Like the Vikings are going to use him. I think he had like nine catches for 70-something yards in this debut with them. So I thought it was a good trade for both both teams. But the Lions understand it's a business. They're still rebuilding. So I don't think there were a ton of hard feelings about how it went down. What's the uh, What's the ledger on the – Vikings like Lions trades now because they they uh, they also pulled off the draft day trades too. Yeah, and I I had some fans saying, "Oh, why would you trade Hawkinson to a division rival?" I'm like, I mean, if you don't trade with the Vikings a few months earlier, you don't get Jameson Williams. So like, I I don't really think that that's a thing that teams should be thinking about unless it's like a franchise quarterback. Like you don't want to trade Aaron Rodgers to the Lions or something, you know? Like that's probably not going to happen, but. Um, these little trades in the division, I don't really see it as a big deal. Like TJ Hawkinson, he's got to the end of 2023 with his current contract, and then he could walk as a free agent. You know, who knows what happens there? He doesn't have to stay in Minnesota long term. So you have a chance to make a trade and, and kind of improve your roster and your future, get some assets. I think you got to do it more often than not. One more before we ask you for your pick. Their first rounder this year, Aiden Hutchinson. We just talked about him with the interception on Aaron Rodgers. What are the Bears, what should they be concerned about when he takes the field on Sunday? Yeah, you know, the thing with Hutchinson, he's been a little inconsistent. Like, all the sacks have kind of come in, in bunches there. He had three against the Commanders in week two. Um, he had one and a half a few weeks later. So he's got four and a half on the season. That's kind of where they all came from. Um, but I do like how they're using Hutchinson a little bit more of late. Um, before, they were kind of having him, you know, down in three-point stance. Now he's kind of in a two-point stance, stand-up edge which is what he did in college. So when he's rushing off the edge, stand up, he said that helps his vision. He can see everything a little bit more, helps him like see the entire field versus just, you know, a tackle in his face. Um, so I think that is just something that the Lions have done on their end to kind of get the most out of him. Um, I think that helped him on the, on the interception where he was able to kind of stand up and read that one. So that's something I would look for with him. I think he's still kind of coming along as a pass rusher and, you know, developing his, his rush package and things like that. But, um, you know, I'm not sure like, it seems like the Bears' offensive line is still kind of shaky in pass protection. Um, I'm not really sure the Lions can generate a ton of pressure. Like the Aaron Glenn likes to blitz a lot. I think they have one of the highest blitz rates in the league, but they're not always getting home with sacks and things like that. So um, maybe that's a bit of a wash mashup, but uh, Aaron, Aiden Hutchinson is going to have his opportunities, I think, against against his Bears' offensive line. So who are you going with in this game? Ooh, that's a tough one because Dan Campbell has yet to win a road game. Uh, a year and a half in his career. Wow. And wow. I, I do like the way Justin Fields is playing right now. So I would lean Bears. I, I do think this is gettable for the Lions if some things go right. But I also just don't think DeAndre Swift is healthy enough to get his full workload and some issues offensively. And I just don't think the Lions defense will be able to stop Justin Fields on the ground. So I would go Bears. I don't know if I, I don't even know what the, the line is for this game or anything like that. But I don't know. This feels like a. 27 21 game. I'll go with that. Okay. Okay. The Bears are favored by three. Okay. Figures the, the old home field advantage yeah. spread. Yeah. There you go. Makes sense. All right, Colin. We appreciate the insight. Really good stuff. Uh, and our listeners, you should be following him on Twitter at Colton underscore Pouncey this weekend for uh, everything on the Lions side of things. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. See you All Sunday. Right.
If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. All right. Thanks to Colton for that great insight on the Lions. And again, make sure you're following his work uh, next few days leading up to the game and also on Sunday, obviously, for the Detroit side of things. Should we get in our three big questions, John? Sure. Let's go. Number one, how different will Chase Claypool's role in the Bears' offense look this week as opposed to his first game? Well, I was actually surprised at how many different things he did last week. But he still played less than half the offensive snaps. What they were on the field for 74, and he was in the 20s, something like that. So that's what I was going to say. I don't know if it'll look different. I just think it'll be more of him. Does that make sense? More more playing time. Yeah, I mean, because they already used they used him on goes, they used him on end arounds. Um, you know, so they, he they tried to bubble to him. You know, they did a few different things with him. Yeah, yeah, they did some good things. They um so he talked in the locker room yesterday. Today is Thursday, he talked in the locker room on Wednesday, and he it, it was interesting. He was on the field for some plays that he shouldn't have been in. So if you saw him being corrected in terms of where his place is supposed to be. That's because he had no idea where his place was supposed to be. <laughs> and he admitted it. Um, I forget which receiver he said got banged up a little bit, but he was sent in or he was, he just ran out of the field. Guy wants to play. And he didn't know what he was supposed to do. And he, he laughed about it. He goes, I had no idea what the heck I was supposed to do. <laughs> and those plays were yelling at me. But now he knows Justin Fields yesterday said, this is Wednesday that Chase just learned our second cadence. So, so that's how many new things are being thrown at Chase Claypool. It sounds so easy. Throw in this big receiver, throw in the ball, but there is so much more to it. I think you're going to see a different comfort level, even just in terms of his relaxation. Not feeling so hectic or like, I got to do everything all at once because now it's the second week. The whirlwind week that he had last week is is now behind him. Yeah, I don't really excuse drops for wide receivers, but you kind of understand why that one that went right through his head, hands. There's a lot going on there for yeah. him in a whirlwind week. And not surprising to hear him sort of admit that he didn't really know what was going on because, you know, it, it it's actually harder for them to just understand where they're supposed to line up than rather once they know what route to run. I mean, these guys are NFL wide receivers. They can figure that part out. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's more so of like in the offense, 
Where do I line up? What motion am I supposed to do? That's why I was actually surprised they had him in motion a few times. Like that, that actually impressed me. I like that too, just in terms of trying to get the read on the defense. Big target moving around. One more interesting note from Chase Claypool's availability yesterday is he was explaining how Luke Getze, the routes that he wants the Bears to run, there are certain variations to them, and he loves it. Absolutely loves what Luke Getze wants from his receivers in terms of variations uh, within those route concepts. So interesting point from him. Yes. All right. Number two. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, no more 1 to 5 for you because you hated that. 1 to 10, 10 to highest. Yeah, this is better. 1 to 10. <laughs> How would you rate your faith in the Bears' defense this week to stop Jared Goff? Um, a 2. <laughs> and I would go 1 if I had more faith in the Lions' offense. I mean, it's bad right now, Johns. They're bad. Just call yeah. it what it is. And 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 you know, we had this discussion on the CHGO show yesterday. I just, I, I don't, I realize that they lost a lot of talent, but shouldn't the hits philosophy and the scheme and the fact that this is a defensive head coach be covering up some of that? Well, they were bad with those guys, right? With the talent, with. Roquan Smith with Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn had one sack when he was here. He was getting double teamed a lot because they could do that because the other pass rushers didn't require attention. They were bad before that. But I get your point. Yeah. I think you see some of the coaching come in later in games. Like they get off the field in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins. They started to blitz more. But why does it take so long sometimes? Because they don't like to do it. I know, but the guys up front can't do it without it, right? Yeah. And, that's, and if your secondary is your strength, you just got to lean on them a little bit more. Yeah. Say, hey, look, we're going to send an extra rusher. You got to cover. But we also ask, sometimes I feel like give the secondary too much credit. I like they got like Jalen Ramsey running around out there. I, I like Jalen Johnson a lot, but he can't do it all by himself. The reality is with Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker right now, like I like both players. Both players are doing all right, but it, it's still been a little bit of a roller coaster. Well, like within drives, I'm talking about. Yeah. So, and you know what, though? Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle will do that to players. Yes. And that's what I keep coming back to in this matchup because those guys will not be running around out there. They're not on the field, they're not in the same state this week. No. Um, I kind of want to change my third question. I'm, I'm gonna give it to you, but I'm gonna maybe give you a three B. Whoa! Based, based off our conversation with Colton, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest, how excited should Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus be about what's happening offensively, specifically with Justin Fields, and when thinking about the long term? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go into nine. And the only reason it's not 10 is because, you know, defenses here are going to start adjusting. And, you know, it's I think that's really going to be the key is like, what does it look like when defenses really come down on fields run, running? You know, can he can he complete the downfield throws consistently? Can he take advantage of the other things that are there? And I think, yes, I think the answer to that question is yes. You're still going to have to see it coming up here, and I don't know if it's going to be this week, but 
in future weeks. So that's the only reason why I don't go 10, but I think you should be very, very excited. Matt Eberflus had an interesting answer yesterday that it was about the man coverage that the Bears are seeing in Justin Fields' success against that man coverage. And he basically indicated, suggested that the reason they're seeing so much of it now is because of Justin Fields, the runner. How in order to stop that, they need to keep like a linebacker, spy, or something like that. And that yeah. requires some form of man coverage because you're taking a potential zone guy and putting him specifically on the quarterback. Watching YouTube, I got a lot of hand motions going on, but <laughs> you, you get the point. I don't think there's, at least in this week, just like last week, Justin Fields will look at the tape and he'll say, I'm faster than these guys. I can gain an edge on this guy. I can hold the ball a little bit longer and step up, and then I can run around this this spy on me because he's going to scout. And the and that's the thing. He's if he does, the, all the guys are in man coverage running downfield with their back turned to him. It's a 20-yard gain. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some scramble and then shots kind of going back. Let's not forget he did that in week one against the 49ers. That's where some of the biggest plays came. Mm-hmm. Breakdown in coverage is finding the open guy. I think that's coming. Chase Claypool thinks that's coming. So 3B would be this. This this is the 3B question. How envious do you think the Lions are of the Bears quarterback situation? You talk about inheriting certain players. They just traded TJ Hawkinson from the previous regime. This Bears regime inherited a quarterback in Justin Fields. Like, think about all these new programs out there, these new coaching regimes, and what they inherit and how they try to rebuild. Like, how envious do you think they are of what the Bears have now in Justin Fields? Yeah, I, I'm still shocked that they didn't draft Fields or a different or one of the quarterbacks last year. I, I, I know they got Jared Goff in that trade, but it always seemed like it was more of a taking on. It was almost like an NBA trade where you take on a bad contract to get yeah. more in return, and. The Brock Eisweiler trade. Didn't that happen in the NFL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was that where like they pretty much gave that one was extreme though, because they they actually gave up draft capital to get his contract away. This was more of a like we got to even up the contracts because Matt Matthew Stafford's coming in. But regardless, you know, they said they kept saying, uh, oh, we actually like Jared Goff. Like we do this is our guy. But I'm like, I don't believe you. You're gonna draft a quarterback. And you should draft a quarterback. Even if you like Jared Goff, you should draft one of these quarterbacks. And they didn't. They drafted Penny Sewell, who's a good player. But don't you think they wish they had Justin Fields right now? Yeah. I think a lot of teams do. And they could have had him. That, I mean, that's... A lot of teams could have had him. Yeah. A lot of teams. Panthers, Broncos, Packers. Which goes on and on. I did something different for over-unders this week, Adam. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but I feel I did, that actually. Uh, this, this has me excited. We got some good ones here. I don't know if you want to run through them fast, but some of them do make for some good conversation. This, I, I love this one. This is from Kelly on Twitter. The number of times the Lions do Lions things. Turnover in a key drive. Dumb penalties. A bad field goal. On and on and on. She sets it at one and a half. I want to change this to two and a half because okay. the Lions are the Lions. We're talking about like a good drive and then there's a fumble. 
you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, a bad penalty. Yes. Like um, a turnover on special teams type stuff because the Lions are the Lions. Yeah, so we're sending a two and a half. We're adjusting uh, her Twitter handle, by the way, is at bearing down girl. Um, I'm going to go over three. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say they hit at least three because because they are the Lions. Okay, I like that too because there's going to be, <laughs> I'm sure they could say certain things about the Bears as well, but we've seen too many Lions games to know that the Lions have a specialty of doing very lionsy things. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. Ready? Yep. This is from Nate Flint. Uh, we got a few of these uh, from Sniper. Someone else. There's another suggestion of this. I- I'm gonna leave it at this one. Over under a kneecap Dan Campbell hard knocks references. Sniper has it at two and a half. I'm gonna so, go under. Wait, wait. Time out. Clarify. Does this have to be the kneecap or just? Yes, kneecap references. Because those are two different things. The kneecap comment came from his introductory press conference. Okay, hard, okay. Knocks, right, right. hard knocks is different. So let's clarify this one. Good point. Let's just do kneecap references. Okay. I set it at, well, we'll keep it at two and a half. That's fine. Yeah, I'll take I, the under. I'm going to go under because you might I'm, get one or two. I think we've already passed the kneecap thing. No, you'll get one. You'll get like one where there's like a low tackle. And someone will make like, of course, there's going to be a joke about it. It's too easy. I, has anyone actually tried to bite a kneecap yet? <laughs> like, a, <laughs> one of the Twitter suggestions was actually, you know, bitten kneecaps, but right, it's kind of hard to do that with the helmet. Well, and they have knee pads. I'm just, but I wouldn't put it past the Lions for literally trying to chew through one of those pads and go, and then that would double up because that would also count as the as one of the Lions things to do. Yes, you know. All right, this is from Brian from Corporate. Sort of leaving out the the Twitter handles here, but Brian from Corporate knows who he is. The over under on the use of this is, was this a character in office in the office? <laughs> like, yes, yes. Is Brian from Corporate with your over unders for today? On line two, Brian from Corporate on line two. Electrifying electric references using those words like that's an electric runner. That's Justin Fields is electrifying. When describing what he does. Okay. Um, two and a half. I'm going to go under as well. I think you maybe get one or two of those. Yeah, I'll say under. Same thing. I think there'll be other adjectives that can be used, though. Because I think there'll be over two. I think there'll be over two and a half plays that are electric. But they'll find other ways to describe them. I like that one, though. I'm going to say one. Yeah. You get one of those. All right. Speaking of that. From Sam Burns, over under on Justin Fields rushing yards, 60 and a half. It's a good number. Is this the actual number? Oh, is it? Let me let me see if I can find that real quick. Um, because we've been having this discussion, you know, essentially how how high does this number have to go for you to bet the under, right? Um blah, blah, blah. The official number, at least according to DraftKings, is over 58 and a half. The over-under is 58 and a half. So pretty close to 60, 60 and a half there. So last the- week, this number was at 49 and a half. We went way over. Do you know what he's averaging over the past six games? 
I have this number. Uh, is it? I'm going to say it's over 58 and a half. Yes, it is 65.8 yards per game. And that includes pre-mini-bi-week games because everyone knows some adjustments were made where more design yeah. runs came after that. So Wait, that's, always, that's his average on the whole season? No, over the past six games. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, I think the smart play is to take the over until it's proven wrong. Especially in this matchup. Yes. And by the way, the juice on the over is a lot. It's minus 135. If you take the under, it's plus 105. So, I mean, they're telling you it's probably going to go over. Okay. I thought I, had one more, I thought I had one more stat for you. Anyway. One more. Two okay. more. From Thomas Geyer. Over, under, and pancake blocks from Tevin Jenkins. One and a half. I'm going over. He gives you at least two two per game. Yeah, I think it's, this is an over, too. Braxton Jones had one the other day. His yeah. was more of like a... Well, your notes here say swimming, but Braxton kind of did like a surf. He was like this after he, after he jumped on him. Like the paddleboard? No, he didn't even like pat. He just put his arms out and was like... Almost like, was, almost like he was flying. Kind of like Justin Fields sliding in the end zone in the rain. I like that. They should do those with more little... Not like that one guy in college who did the full yeah. hump move. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, mean, that's... Don't do the hump move. I mean, that's possibly illegal. Kind of like what that defensive back did to Chase Claypool on the P.I. Or what Mac I Jones mean, did to <laughs> Jaquan Brisker. Oh, well, that, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just crossing a line. I'm just saying that, like, the DB on the Dolphins was spooning Claypool and didn't get the PI call. I don't know. He did the Leo move from Titanic. Yeah. Credit Kevin Kadek. He put that out there on Twitter did right he? away. I, I oh, yeah. He it. photoshopped it right into the Titanic. It was out there, like, he did that by, like, 310. It was amazing. On Sunday. That's that's like one of those songs. Like you just see that you can hear the song in your head. Yeah. You can't like mimic the song. I can't do that. But you hear it in your head. Yeah. When Chase Claypool's getting spooned by a <laughs> Dolphins defender. All right, last one from JD Brown. Over under on Fields Hutchinson references about Michigan, Ohio State. One and a half. There'll be uh I'm going to say two. Yeah, I'm going to say two because I think they'll set that up early in the game. And then I do think I do think Hutchinson gets a sack on fields in this game. And then the, that'll be the automatic. And the Michigan guy gets the Buckeye. The Wolverine takes down the Buckeye. Yeah. Number two versus number three. They're going to talk about that game a little bit. Okay. It'll be something like that. I'm going over. And I hate both schools. So <laughs> that's it. But thank you to, to everybody for uh, putting those in Twitter. I'll do that again. I like that. They were better than usually what I give. That's great. All right. Let's uh, do this. Bold predictions. Um, well, we know what you are not allowed to pick this week. <laughs> so let's keep that going. Am I allowed to do it? I think so. It's not bold anymore, though. No, it's not. It's not bold anymore. So I, I put out this piece today. They asked for predictions 
at the athletics. So I gave them 10 and this was with some inspiration from John Greenberg. My f- you gave f- them 10 predictions for this game. No, for the rest of the season, oh, okay. predictions for the rest of the season. And number four, with some help from John Greenberg, this is how I worded it. Tight end Cole Komet will win you. Yes, you, maybe Adam Hogue, a fantasy football championship. Wow. So you're saying that me going back on the waiver wire this week and picking him up was a good move. Because I, I caught that dude like week three. If you're in PPR and you like red zone scores. Well, yeah, I like those things. He's a good yeah. little option there. Okay. Um, my bold prediction, though, is actually going to be a Chase Claypool touchdown. Oh, I was going there. Um, and I'm not specifying whether he catches it or runs it in. He will account for a touchdown. An anytime touchdown. I got one for you. Jalen Johnson interception. Oh. That would require the Bears to take the ball away. That is correct. That's how it works. Yeah. Very good. This has been a while. I forgot what that's <laughs> what that's like. It's how it works. They're still yeah. plus one on the season in turnover differential. I know. It just feels like it's... I mean, that's been... A the huge... defense is bad. The front seven is just no good. Yeah. All right. Um, as we get to our picks, you missed a hot week of action last week, Johns. I went five... Zero and one. Wow, you're closing in on me. In picks, you are not here. You did give us your Bears pick, and you were correct. So you went one and oh. Um, on the season, Fishman, by the way, went zero oh and one because he had the Dolphins covering. Um, the uh, on the season, I am now twenty eight and twenty for fifty eight percent, which I will take. You, my friend, are twenty nine and fifteen. I'm hot, baby. I'm hot. I mean, that's pretty good. It's it's so funny how little... Thank you again, Nick Villarreal, who sends these to us every week and keeps track of this because I think on our post-game show Sunday, I was like making fun of myself for getting all these picks wrong, and in reality, I went 5-0-1. It shows you how little I actually even pay attention to. But now Kenton's going to help verify this, too. This, This is another bet we're making. Yeah, I guess so. Well, how come you get like a 15-game head start, though? <laughs> I don't know. Take, take, a, take a podcast off. <laughs> that doesn't seem fair. All right. Um, we uh, Well, I guess we got to start with the Lions and Bears. What do you got? I got Bears 30, Lions 23. Uh, Bears have, well, they are averaging more than 30 points per game. I don't know if you're going to see it this one. I, I don't know why. I don't have a good answer on that, but... I think you see the Bears control the clock. You move the ball well. Justin Fields scrambles, and they put up 30 points again. Well, the defense has some problems, but they make enough plays. Jalen Johnson included 30-23 Bears. Yeah, I think the points continue. I'll say uh, I'll say Bears 33, Lions 24. Bears 33, Lions 24. And uh, I think the Bears cover. I also think it's a game that the Bears are kind of in control of the whole time. I I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a Patriots-like performance from the Bears. I'll say yeah. that. Okay. Where they just physically dominate the Lions. Roquan was pretty good in that game, though. I know. I know. I don't think Jack Sanborn was bad, well, at least not too bad, against the, the Dolphins. 
Sanborn season, baby. But I, I think the, to your Roquan point, I would say that the Lions are an inferior opponent compared to the Patriots, and they're not at home. Okay. Bears. Still the best. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love that he like, recognized it at some point, too. That's, yeah, I, I always want to give Matt credit, Matt, 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 Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy credit for acknowledging his penis singing. Yes, <laughs> his penis singing. That's one way to put it. That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. That is real talk. I respect that. I do. Okay. <laughs> penis singing. Uh, Sunday morning, if you wake up bright and early, uh, NFL Network, 830 AM kickoff in the central time zone. The Seattle Seahawks are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Munich, Germany. Kind of a cool matchup as the NFL continues to spread uh, beyond just the UK with other international games. This is a 7.30 kickoff for me, John. I'm going to be in Colorado really early. And um, sure, why not? I look forward to the day that we're covering a game in Spain, my friend. Yeah. So, um, I, I should give these guys a shout out. Antonio Contreras is the one that got the tickets and the uh, tailgate package last week. They do. Did I already mention this? They do a podcast for Spanish speaking listeners. Yes. Um, which is really cool because there's a lot of Spanish speaking Bears fans, obviously, out there. And, uh, you know, John's and I don't speak Spanish, took a Spanish in high school. So I took that, that doesn't. That doesn't really help you uh, if you want to hear about Bears talking Spanish. So they do. Um, I'm trying to find it. It's like. Uh, anyway, regardless, he was Fine. telling me because he came out to the tailgate and he was telling me because remember, the Dolphins are the other team in Spain. So the Bears and the Dolphins are the two teams that, you know, in the game of risk that the NFL did where they like just awarded teams countries. I like that. Um, there was a huge tailgate apparently in Barcelona last week with the Bears and the Dolphins, like an official NFL like event with those two teams playing each other, which makes a lot of sense. And I was like, what a missed opportunity. We could have gone out there for that and done we could have done the show from there. Yeah. CHGO. I would have gone to that part. I would have gone to, the, to, to, to that tailgate. Oh, you you won't come to Roosevelt in Michigan, but you yeah. Barcelona, sign me up. I'm in, baby. Sorry, soccer game, kid. Sorry, oh, yeah. I'm going to Spain. That would have been sweet. That would have been awesome. But yes. Next let's year, see. let's do it, NFL. Let's uh, let's communicate a little bit more, people. I didn't even know that was going on. You know what I mean? You know what else I didn't know was going on? A curling bar opened up right down the street from CHGO yesterday. Team oh, Schuster, no. the USA gold medalists, were there. Did anybody tell me? No. 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 I don't know. If you're trying to promote something, wouldn't you yeah. wouldn't you tell the only guy who cares about curling in this entire city? <laughs> yeah. I still want to try that one day. We gotta go do it. Uh now it's nearby. Uh anyway, I'm yeah, taking I, the I'm taking the Seahawks. Me too. I can't believe the Bucks are even favored in this game. They're just a mess right now. Yeah. 
They, they get that win last week against the Rams. They should not have won that game. The Rams are a mess, too. This Is Geno for real? He kind of seems like he's for real. The dude's completing like 95% of his passes. I'm exaggerating, but it's close to like 70. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to even lock that up. Oh, lock me up for the Bears, by the way. Oh. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock confidence. Lock it up. Yeah, I'll save that, but I do like the Seahawks. All right, uh, next one. That question don't make no sense. Fox, noon, Vikings at Bills. Bills are five-point favorite. The Josh Allen thing is concerning. Was he hurt? If Josh Allen plays, I'm taking the Bills by a touchdown. I think it's a good game, but the Bills by a touchdown. Anything the Bills could do to keep Kirk Cousins' shirt on. Yeah, that was too much, man. Then you had Adam Schefter taking off his shirt. That was way too much. Too much skin? Just just settle down, Shefty. <laughs> we don't need to see that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to assume here that the Bills... Okay, I am going to put a quality. If Josh Allen plays, I got the Bills covering. If he doesn't play, I'm taking the Vikings. Okay, I'll be going to do the same. So, Nick? Yeah, I think that's fair. No, I also think that this would be off the board if there's real concern that Josh Allen wasn't going to play. You start talking about UCLs, though, in the elbow. Come on now. That's scary. Not good. That's not, that's, that's, uh, that's not great. I think we got to um, come out hard and stay hard. CBS 305 Colts at Raiders. The Raiders are six-point favorite. Give me the Raiders. What a disaster yes. in Indy right now. I just wanted to put I I put this on specifically because it's the Colts. Maddie Rufus came from the Colts. And what a mess. What a mess. I'm taking the Raiders by a touchdown. Jeff Saturday. I get that his speech like fired everybody up yesterday. It's being shared all over social media now. But come on, like come on, come on! <laughs> like, really? They're on their third offensive play caller in three weeks. The backup quarterbacks coach is calling plays. Why isn't Matt Ryan playing? Like, because he got benched. I know he was banged up. It, 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 it actually, I don't even care. Matt Ryan or Nick Foles. If I had walked in there this week as the new head coach, I would have said, okay, but uh, Sam Ellinger, okay, nice guy. Go sit over there now. I'm going to go have an NFL quarterback play this NFL football game now. Well, what are we doing? Well, Jim Irsay wants the kid to play. And, 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 well, and who's Irsay, running the team? Jim well, Irsay is. There's it, no way Chris Ballard is hiring Jeff Saturday off television to coach his team. Obviously. I think it's, you know, for all the praise that Chris Ballard gets, I think the one lesson here, great evaluator, great communicator. At the end of the day, quarterbacks, sorry, GMs have to be judged by their quarterback decisions. Yeah. And at some point, if you're rebuilding a team, you have to draft one. You just do. You can't go from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback. I get that the Andrew Luck decision surprised everyone. 
But eventually you have to find his replacement. And the best way to do that is through the draft. That's how GMs should be defined. Agreed. And there's obviously some other issues going on there too. So yeah. Um, most notably the owner. However, Jim Irsay, uh is the only one who came out and said the obvious things that needed to be said about Dan Snyder. So I give him a lot of credit for that. And that backed them in the corner where they are, looks like they're selling the team. And uh, so respect to Jim Ursay for that. I don't know what that, all this other stuff. I just, I don't see from a football perspective how that, even though the Raiders suck. I mean, the Raiders, let's be honest, the Raiders suck. They've been a huge, colossal disappointment. And any other week or any other circumstance, they're not six point favorites here. Yeah. Yeah. But the battle of disappointing teams. This is an, this is like, but it's so bad. And I actually want to watch it just to see what happens. Right. What's the quote from Batman? Some men just like to watch the world burn. Yeah. One of those, huh? I guess so. I, I guess so. All right, Fox 325, Cowboys at Packers. Look at this. The Green Bay Packers, a five-point home dog. I, I don't think I've ever picked a Packers game like this. It's weird. Ever. It's weird it's to weird. see. Uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys. I am, too. By 10. Wow. Yeah, I am, too. They're just... I'm not They're... sure the free fall is over. I'm not sure. Dude, they're so banged up. Let's see if I can pull up a Packers injury report real quick. Including including Aaron Rodgers. He's on the injury report as well. Rodgers is on there too. I just said that. <laughs> I was repeating. I was just repeating what you're saying. I was processing what you were saying. Uh, okay, we got David Bakhtiari. Knee did not practice. I'm not going to go through all these guys because there's so many of them. But Devondre Campbell, DNP, knee. Mason Crosby's limited with a back. Romeo Dobbs, he's not going to play this week. He had that big ankle injury. Surprising it wasn't worse. He's a DNB. Uh, Rasul Douglas, limited. Rashawn Gary's knee didn't practice. Elton Jenkins, knee did not practice. Aaron Jones, limited with an ankle. Alan Lazard, shoulder limited. Rodgers, his poor right thumb. Now, is this going to be like his toe last year? Remember the toe? Come on, please. We we talked about the toe no, a lot. I, 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 they put the toe on YouTube. That's right. Now, at least with a thumb, you actually throw the ball. So I can buy this one a little bit more. The toe was uh, his tiny, his tiny toe, his poor little toe. John Runyon's knee. Preston Smith, neck limited. That's not good. Eric Stokes, ankle and knee. Sammy Watkins, knee. Christian Watson, concussion. Although he was actually a full participant, this says, so maybe he's fine. That's a lot of dudes, man. Yeah. Not good. Give me those so, Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? We are strong where we're strong right now, and we need to improve where we need to improve. 
Yeah, NBC uh, seven twenty. This is your uh, this is your night. This is actually an intriguing game to me. Chargers at 49ers. The 49ers are seven point favorite. Yeah, it's a big spread, right? It is. The 49ers get a lot of love. They, to me, they, they, of course, sort of the Chargers. I, honestly, these are two of probably the most like weekly overhyped teams. Yeah, too much love. Um, I think I'm. A, it's too high for me. I'm going to take the Chargers to cover. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree. I'm trying to look up at the 49ers rank 11th in opposing quarterback passer rating. Um, I mean, they're a good defense. Sure. I like what they like. The, the offense is what's really intriguing. What they could do with, with what Kyle Shanahan could do with Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. It's a good group of, of skilled players. I mean, they're coming off their bye, the 49ers. They had that impressive win against the Rams, but they own the Rams in the regular season. Before that, they were losing games by 20 points to the Chiefs, 14 points to the Falcons. Now, it's a talented they, team. Well, they have Christian McCaffrey now, and McCaffrey was really that, so. That's probably the difference here. You give them a buy to really get Christian McCaffrey going in that, uh, in that offense. I and, and I get it. So, um, and the, it's not like the Chargers are. I do think the 49ers win this game. Seven's just a little bit too much. If I was really trying to decide if I was betting on this game, I'd probably stay away from it, though. Yeah, I agree. So. 49ers by a field goal. Yeah. All right. St. Ignatius Wolfpack. Notre Minus Dame. two. What is a Don? Gentleman of Mary. The hell does that mean? I feel like well, we're both I feel like we're both gentlemen of Mary. Well, I'm the only official one. You could say what you want about yourself. Like Mary Mary from the Bible or like Mary M E R R Y. Gentlemen, I was thinking, gentlemen of Mary, like like like, Mary. like like the like the Mary men. Yes, that's no, what no. I was going for. No, no, like the mother of Jesus Christ, Mary. Okay, well then, who is a gentleman of Mary? Adon. But there's I guess I need to refresh my Bible. Whatever. The the wolf pack. Yeah, according to the posters on. Edgy Tim's message boards, the re- the the go to source for high school football in Illinois. Yeah, has you guys favored by two? The random people on the message boards do. Yes, yes, but oh, they've done okay. it. All, but, but they've done it all year for Catholic league games, so I'm going with it. Okay. <laughs> all right. If we're gonna have a friendly wager on this, we're not doing a spread. Get out of here. <laughs> Who's winning the game? We're doing our Portillo's bet. Fine, Don's. Of course. Yeah, I got yeah. the I got the wolf pack. Pick- yeah, yes, of course we do. <laughs> over uh, over one hundred and ten rushing yards for Vinny Rue guy. Oh, I see. You even know a kid by name. Okay. Yes. I got the the stud defensive offensive lineman who can pretty much go to any school he wants to in the entire country. Yeah, top rated player in the state of his class. Yeah. The the Dons have two twins, quarterback and a running back. The Richardies, who are very good. They have a big receiver, Howard Williams. Look at this. We got names. Yeah. I like the Dons. All right. Now, I'm going to be at an important wedding 
in Denver, not even Denver, outside of Denver in Colorado. Um, I need you to text me updates. Okay. Okay. Because I'm not going to have the game. I'm not going to have my, it's like, I'm not going to have it on my phone. Because you could stream it on your phone. I probably can. You'll be tempted to. Yeah, probably. Oh, there's the hour difference though. So three o'clock is actually two o'clock in Denver. Okay. You can see a little bit of it. Yeah, maybe a little bit. All right. Enjoy the game. Let me know. Uh, let me know what's going on. And uh, regardless, it's been a great season for both programs. Yes, it has. It's nice to see Notre Dame back in the playoffs. <laughs> they won the prep bowl last year. I was, I was just that wasn't a shot. <laughs> All right, uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns, and uh, read us. I'm at allchgo.com. Johnsy's on the athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Zach Kiefer, by the way, has a great story you should read on everything that went down in Indy. The fact that they, I'm sorry, but the fact that if Jeff Saturday had said no, Frank Reich still would have been the head coach is amazing to me. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't like we're definitely firing this guy. Who should we have the interim? It was, we're only going to fire this guy if Jeff Saturday says yes. Have you seen the clip from his press conference that's going viral right now? Where yeah, he's where like, he's like calling like, people. Don't don't, don't test me, bro. Yeah. Which <laughs> is fine. I, by the way, I like Jeff Saturday. I hope this works. But it's just sort of insane. Parachuting into an NFL team mid-year. <laughs> the dude was literally on Twitter like the day before that, ripping the Raiders, who, who he's about to face for the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a hilarious thing because he has uh he has Devontae Adams on his fantasy team. <laughs> there's there was some tweet I saw yesterday where he has yeah, he has like Devontae on his fantasy team. Adam and- Schefter dressed like Kurt Cousins without a shirt, wearing chains, did his come on man bit basically on Jeff Saturday for ripping. <laughs> Come on, man. The Raiders on, on Twitter. Now he's the head coach. I mean, this is how wild it is. There's, there's a Jeff Saturday tweet where he it says something's wrong with my fantasy stats. It says Devontae Adams has zero. Zero for the first half. So people were retweeting this. And they're like, well, it could be very suspicious if Devontae Adams sees a lot of single coverage this week. <laughs> he's got a fantasy title to go away. Oh, that's hilarious as craziest as things have ever gotten here in Chicago. Wait a minute, by the way. So Jeff Saturday probably has to get rid of his fantasy team mid-year. How pissed would you be if you were in his fantasy league? Oh. (laughs) Like if somebody dropped out of your league halfway through the year, that's bullshit. (laughs) He's got to stay in. He's just, he's going to tank. What's going on here? Do your research. All right. Uh, we're out of here. Talk to you Sunday. Uh, I believe Kevin's filling in for me, so it'll be John's and Kevin post game after the Bears and Lions. And uh, I'll talk to you guys Tuesday of next week. Enjoy the game. See if the Bears uh, can get a victory. See if this Justin Fields hype continues. Enjoy it. Talk to you later. Go Dons. Anyway, uh, who cares?